Welcome to Who's Talking. This is D.G. Martin. Well, our neighbor, uh, Chapel Hill, in Chapel Hill, Denny Rosenbluth, was the hero, of course, of the 1957 championship victory, basketball victory over the University of Kansas uh, and Wilt Chamberlain, a 54-53 triple overtime victory, which changed history in North Carolina. It, it did in a, in a lot of ways. It, uh the the, the the hope the story is not about us winning um, maybe being undefeated but what happened to the whole state of North Carolina uh, everyone got interested in basketball whether to see if we won the game or if they rooted against us if we lost the game but they all got interested in in Carolina basketball one way or another and I think uh, we made a lot of people basketball fans. Um, not moving away from football, but now more interested in basketball. Were you aware of, or how did you feel, or how, what did you know about the television coverage of the game? Because we weren't, we weren't used to seeing it on television, but back, back then when that, by the time the finals came and it was on television all over North Carolina, we just stopped what we were doing and gathered around TV sets. It was like a, almost a religious yeah, it was also was late at night, so <laughs> there, wasn't, wasn't, there wasn't much to do than watch it on a small screen. I, right. I think most people had a 12-inch screen, right. maybe, if you that was a big, if, yeah, if big you were wealthy, you had a 19- or 25-inch screen. But uh, it, uh, we, we knew they were televising uh, some of the games because uh, I remember um, them cutting a hole in a wall in Woolen Gym and putting in a camera there, but... Uh, that was the beginning of broad vision because they didn't want to compete with the, uh, radio. with the radio station. So they didn't have sound and they just had the radio announcer doing the game. But you can watch the game on one camera, which I guess uh, was big then because uh, nobody else had one camera. So we were used to going out and being recognized. I mean, before the championship game, you'd had the little bit of television and people were excited about basketball. So you, yes. if you walked out, people yes, would... Yes, but, but, but a lot of people don't realize, and uh, it, uh, for us it was important. We only played eight home games that year. We played 24 games on the road and won. So we were used to going uh, you know, out of Woolen Gym and playing, and whether or not they had TV at the places that we played, you know, I, we didn't make a difference to us. Uh, we were happy to be playing and, uh, and winning, of course. So it, uh, it, it, it was a happy team. It was a, it was a very happy team that, that I was associated with, which I appreciate so, so much. Well, a lot of people still wonder, uh, Lenny Rosenbluth, how you happened. I mean, you grew up in New York. How, how, did, you, how did you get to the University of North Carolina? And, and how did you pick up the game of basketball? Well, this is this is an interesting story. Uh, um, I don't know if you can call me an athlete or not, but um, the, the, the one thing, uh, I was brought up during World War II, and uh, my dad wasn't around, my uncles weren't around. No one, they were all gone. They were all fighting the war one way or the other, and uh, I had no one to play catch with. And uh, when I was growing up, and elementary school be, before 1945, I basically couldn't catch a ball. And uh, I You're talking about a baseball now. Uh, or, any, or, any, or any ball. Any ball, any basketball, ball, football. Any ball. And, I, and I remember this. I was at a boys club camp um, during the summer. It had to be during the war 
because we were out in Long Island, I believe, and they they had the uh, military still there, and they were taking target practice uh, during the time I was at camp. And uh, every cabin had a, had a softball team, and uh, I didn't want to play because I didn't know how to play. But they said, you have to play, and they had me pitching, and uh, they hit a ball back to me that I couldn't catch, and it hit my glove and rolled the opposite way, and and I think the bases were loaded. And the time I got the ball to, to throw it anywhere, it was a home run. <laughs> and everyone was laughing at me, you know, it's, and, and I felt is bad. Is that true now? That, is that? This is true. It's a true story. And um, I had to be, uh, I guess, 10 or, or 11 years old at that time. So when I got back to New York, I, I decided I, I, I got to learn how to catch a ball. So I, I got a ball. I think back then it was called a Spalding. It was just a red ball. And I would go against a brick wall and throw it and try to catch it and throw it and try to catch it. And at the same time, uh, moving my feet, which I didn't know about, but I was moving my feet to catch the ball too. And I was doing this every day. And uh, um, I Just guess, a wall? Just a wall on, uh, uh, on the side uh, of a building. Just a wall on the side of a building, um, catching the ball and learning how to catch a ball. And eventually, uh, the war was over. My dad came back. My uncles came back. And uh, I had someone to, pl to play catch with. So it was, you know, a different story. But one of the big things that happened, it was, uh, I, it had to be the 1946-47 season. Uh, the war was over in 1945. So it could have been the 45-46 season. But uh, my dad got tickets to Madison Square Garden to a basketball game. And uh, I, I didn't know anything about basketball. You know, with me, we, we played uh, games around the street, stoop ball, hitting the ball off a stoop. Or, or no one had a, a real So what part of the city? Football. I, I was born in the Bronx. In the Bronx. It okay. started in Manhattan when uh, my dad went away. And when he came back, we moved to the Bronx. It's the only bar with the, the Bronx. So, you know, it's a, it's a big deal, the Bronx. But... Um, he took me to this game, and it happened to be City College of New York versus NYU. And if you look at from that standpoint, it's Duke playing Carolina. I mean, it was a big rivalry. And, uh, of course, we were the cheap seats all the way up. But the people are cheering, and I'm watching these graceful guys run up and down the court and playing basketball. And I said, uh, that's an interesting game. I would like to take it up. And, uh, you had never played basketball ne never, before? Never touched a basketball, let alone play a ball. Uh, I guess maybe in gym I might have picked one up and threw it at a basket, but I didn't know what I was doing. So um, by that time, I was in junior high school in uh, seventh grade. And in gym, I started taking up a basketball and trying to learn how to shoot. Or I didn't know how to dribble. I dribbled with two hands. I had no idea what the game was about. But I, I loved it. It was just, uh, to me, right away, I, I thought it was a great game. And every day, and we, we lived near a park, Ratona Park in the Bronx. Uh, today, I think it has a star next to it because it's a dangerous place to go at night, one of the more dangerous parks to go at night. They, they warn you. So, But I played every day after school at the park, learning, uh, trying to learn how to shoot a basketball. And I tried every which way, not having any idea. And Not coaching, uh, just no, throwing it up No there. coaching. Uh, 
I was maybe 6'3 then in, in junior high. How old high. were you at that point? This junior uh, high school? This is junior high school, uh, 1946, I guess, 45, 46. And um, they asked me, would you like to go out to basketball? Sure. But I couldn't make the team. I don't know how to play. So I, you, I have you, no idea. You went after the team and didn't make it. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't make it as a seventh grader. Now, I got better playing but not not very good, and I went out for the eighth grade team, and I didn't make it either. So my ninth grade, which is basically your last year in junior high school, I went out for the team, and I said, certainly I'll make it this year. I still didn't make it. You didn't it. make it. And, well, at some point, didn't you think, well, this is not for me? I'm, no, I'm no. I, I enjoyed playing. I, I, I liked it. Uh, not making the team didn't make a difference because I was playing outside with the the. the, the, the the, the guys uh, from the neighborhood, we would make up a team and go to the Y and enter a tournament, get beat the first or second game. But it was fun. It, it was just fun. And uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't score many points. I, didn't, I had no idea what I was doing, how to shoot with anything else. So um, starting 10th grade now, I'm at James Monroe High School in the Bronx, and I'm going out for the JV team. And um, um, I was probably at six four, six five then, and but my coordination wasn't there, and I still didn't know what I was doing, so I didn't make the team, my tenth grade as a JV team. But I kept on playing. I kept on playing. I kept on playing. So you're playing on the streets. And I'm the, playing on in the park on uh, the streets, looking at people and trying to figure out how in the world do you shoot a basketball. And it would go in, and uh, I tried shooting over my head, shooting from the side. If you have no idea what you're doing, it you just you just throw. You're not shooting the ball; you're throwing the ball. You know, you, I, I say when someone is not shooting, they're throwing the ball. So I had no idea. So uh, the eleventh grade, I went out for the team, and I was cut at the beginning of the season, the eleventh grade. But I was playing for outside teams. And uh, I was I was starting to develop uh, both mentally how to play the game, and uh, I, I guess uh, my jumping ability came into the now. Was I was able to get off the floor, and I was playing real well. And the coach called me back the second semester of my junior year and said, "Would like for you to try out again for the team." And this time, I not only tried out, I made the starting team in high school, and. Um, I, I guess I was fairly good. I wouldn't even say I was a good player. I was fairly good. What were the strengths? Uh, were you a good? Uh, were you the great shooter? That I could jump. Became? I can get off the floor. But uh, what about uh, shooting? Had you shooting still was not there yet because I don't know how to shoot. I don't know how to shoot. But the let coach... me take uh, Lenny. Yeah. Um, if you want to yeah. say I'm visiting with Lenny Rosenblum, we're talking about his uh, development into a basketball player. Unfortunately, we have to take a yeah. quick break, but we'll be right back. Sure. Welcome back to Who's Talking. This is D.G. Martin. I'm visiting with Lenny Rosenbluff. Almost everybody in Chapel Hill knows who he is and was. Uh, but if you didn't, he was the uh, one of the, well, I, he wouldn't accept the idea that he was the key man on the uh, 1957 championship team. But you'd certainly agree, wouldn't you, Lenny? You were a key man. I, I, I was. And, uh, yes. But you, we're, uh, let's go back to where we were. In the, you're in the 11th grade. Okay, I'm in the 11th grade, and the coach calls me back, and this time I'm starting, and uh, I, I guess I'm a forward. Uh, 
uh, and uh, shooting a one-hand push shot and uh, learning how to do that. But what the coach did, and it had a tremendous impression on me, um, one of the games, uh, I think maybe I scored two points. I mean, everything I shot was was in the basket and out the basket. And he said, do you know how big this basket is? And I said, <laughs> no. And he took he took a, a rim out and he showed me. Now, that darn thing is big. If you're looking at a rim, looking down at it, it holds two basketballs. And I said, there's no reason why I can't put one ball in that big a ring. And that changed everything for me, having the the idea of how big that rim so was. So you, you, you just said you, mentally, mentally. Think, instead of thinking that that rim is, is uh, when you, tiny. When you, you look up it. there, it's like a small hole. It's not a very big hole. But when you get a rim and you look down in it, and you get a basketball, you can put two basketballs in at once. So it was your, your, so in your mind you're saying, I, well, there's no reason I can't, I can't no put the ball in the basket. I can't it's big. put the ball in the basket. That is absolutely right. And after that game, I started scoring maybe 17, 18 points a game. And we went to Madison Square Garden. We were in the city championships. And we won the first game, and then we went into what you might call the final four. And we lost that game, and I had maybe 18 points, but I still don't know what I'm doing out there. You know, I get the ball and I shoot, and that's about it. But uh, we lost the game to Boys High, and I um, got dressed, and I was leaving Madison Square Garden. And there are two ways to get out of the dressing room to get upstairs at the garden. You can go left, and there's an exit down that way, or you can go right, and there's an exit on the right going up. Why I turned right instead of left, I have no idea. But by turning right changed my life. Because as I turn right and I'm walking down the hall, a fella comes up to me and says, Hi, my name is Harry Gotkin, and uh, I'm a scout, and I like the way you play. You have a lot of potential. And uh, I'm recruiting players, high school players and college players, to play up in the Catskill Mountains in New York during the summer. Would you like to play? And I said, sure. You know, I had no idea who this man was, but I said, sure. So I gave him my telephone number and my address and didn't hear anything from it. And then he calls me right before the summer, and we have a job for you at Laurel's Country Club in up in the Catskill Mountains. Now, what the idea was, every team, every hotel had a team. And the reason is for entertainment you don't have to hire anyone for one night of entertainment. They, you play another hotel, and then you go to their hotel and play. And every hotel had a team. And who were on these teams? Mostly all college basketball players. I was like maybe one of the only high school kids that even was on the team. But I was 6'5". Did you have to work during the day? Yeah, we worked. We worked. I was on the athletic staff one year. I was a bus boy another year. So you worked there. You didn't, get, you didn't make much money, but it was a summer. You ate good, and you, you played basketball, which is great. But during that summer, I don't know what happened. In the beginning of the summer, I was not anywhere near the starting team. I was just a player on the team. But three players, I don't remember their names or what college they went to, but they were college players, went on a weekend before the basketball started even, and they got in a car accident and never came back to 
our team, the Lawless Country Club. And now I had to start because it was just a number of, of players, and I was tall. What happened that summer, everything changed for me. I saw the court a whole lot better. I saw that you didn't have to rush your shot. The shot is there. You don't have to rush it. And I also, how it got to me, I think it was basically watching baseball players and how a pitcher threw a ball where his shoulders are square to the plate. Well, that's the way you shoot. You're, you can't throw a ball. So you're without, learning all this I'm yourself? All, and the, no, all, no, could not no, because not I, I haven't had any coaching. The six or seven games that I played in high school, the coach couldn't keep me up on stuff. So I figured out how to shoot a basketball that summer, and the court just opened up for me. So I don't know how I did it, but I always got free. It was simple for me to get free on the court. I developed a jump shot that summer, and I got to be a very good basketball player that summer. We played against Kutcher's Country Club. Let me just Club. say, excuse me for interrupting you, but it, again, this you got to be a basketball player on your own rather than the coach of that team, uh, or if no, they had a coach. No, uh, didn't have you, a coach. What about the other college players? Were they helpful the, at all, or just no, competing they, against No, they, they were there. They were just saying, yeah. you know, they, they didn't say what you do or anything else. I'm on my own. This is, this is just the street basketball that I was playing. And uh, I played against Kutcher's Country Club, their coach was Red Auerbach of the Boston Celtics, and he had all his draft picks playing on the team up there. And I did either I was dumb, didn't have any idea, but I played very well against them. I mean, extremely well against them. In fact, if I have to say it, I made all his draft picks look bad. And Red comes to me after the did game. Did you know uh, who Red Auerbach I had, I had no idea who, who he was, you know, uh, uh, but he came up to me after the game, and, and I'd like to get your name and address and telephone number. I said, sure, coach. You know, Thank you. Played a great game. Thank you. So I get back to New York. This is 1951, So you're going back as into high school. Going back to high school, my senior year, 1951-1952. I get a call and a telegram from the Boston Celtics that they would like for me to come up to Boston and work out with the Celtics. This is, are, 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 is, is the season started in high school yet? Nope. This is before school the season School hasn't starts. even started yet. It was before Labor Day. School started Labor Day. So I asked my dad, do I go up there? And he said, sure, why not? So I packed my little bag and went up to the Boston, the Boston, rode the train to Boston and went to the hotel and I see Easy Ed McCauley from St. Louis Billiken was All-American. I, I see Bob Cousy there, and I'm seeing all these guys that— Now, do you uh, fall in bas following basketball now so you know I'm who these I'm following are? the names, but back then we had a small TV, and they had games coming in from Madison Square Garden that I knew the names. You know, I, I saw Easy Ed McCauley when they came to the Garden. And the only teams I knew about were teams that came to Madison Square Garden. Everything else, I, I had no idea if there were the other teams and other colleges other than the teams that came to Madison Square Garden. So I'm playing, and uh, he gives me my roommate, 
my roommate was Bob Cousy. So he is from New York. He went to high school in New York, and we went to practice together, and he's talking to me and, and uh, about the Celtics, and I said, well, I'm from James Monroe. He said, where's that college? He said, no, it's a high school. Mm-hmm. He went, well, it's a high school. So and one of the players on the Celtics in 51 was a fella named Horace McKinney. We know him as Bones. Okay, he was on. Uh, he is on the team, and I'm Garden. I'm Garden. Oh, Horace, Horace McKinney. Didn't and did they call no him? Like, no, Horace. His then. name was Horace. Now was he? Uh, well, he was lanky, six six, I guess. And but he was a uh, North Carolina. He, he, well, uh, I didn't. I didn't know he, that. He didn't I didn't know where he was. I, I didn't know he was. I, I, I was guarding him, and uh, a funny story with the Celtics. Today, every high school kid knows how to run a three man weave down the court. Now, you know that. Three-man weave. The Celtics are when I get, I have no idea what they're doing. I'm looking at them, and I say, what in the world are they doing? And I kept on in front of the line. I ran to the back of the line. And in front of the line, they went to the back <laughs> of the line. So one of the players, I, th- I think it was Cousy, says, why are you running in the back of the line? I said, I don't know what you're all doing. He says, it's simple. Pass the ball and run ahead of him, and then you'll get the ball and pass it again. Run behind, run behind. That's where I learned a three-man weave with the Boston Celtics. Wow. That, that's sort of strange, isn't it? Anyhow, I played very well with them, and because I, I wasn't nervous, I wasn't afraid, it was just another practice game. Well, so I went back to New York and... Uh, i tell you what, Lindy it, Rosen, uh, we've got to take another break. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll get you back to New York City. Uh, in basketball there after this short break. Welcome back to Who's Talking. This is D.G. Martin. If you joined us late, I'm visiting with Lenny Rosenbluth. We're talking about how he got into basketball. And uh, uh, before we took the break, Lenny, you, you had been okay, I was with, with the Celtics. I, I, was, and, I was working out with the Celtics. And I went back now. It's high school time. It's, even now, I'm, I'm a week late getting back to high school. Uh, I was up with the Celtics for a couple of weeks, so now it was time to go home. But before I left, Coach Red Arbach asked me, do you, order, do you go to Madison Square Garden a lot? I said, no, Coach, it's expensive. I don't go there. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll put your name on the Boston Celtics players list. So all you have to do is go to the garden, go to the players entrance, have some ID, tell them you're on the Boston players list, and you can get into Madison Square Garden. Great. You know, that is great. Okay. The start of uh, basketball, my senior year, the coaches are on strike in New York. They, the coaches, the coaches are. are on strike. They want more money. Okay, so here I'm starting my senior year, which I probably, I, well, I know I would have started for my high school team. Now there's no high school basketball. So I'm playing for uh, different teams uh, in, in, in New York. Uh, and uh, Harry Gotkin um, is uh, still is the one that, he I was knew. the scout. He I was see. the scout. So I used to go to Madison Square Garden. Now, I can get into the game, but I didn't have a seat. So I would go into a game at the garden. They had double headers. They had great, great teams coming to the garden. And I would be standing room only, and then I would take the subway and go back home, go to another game. This time Harry saw me, 
and said, what are you doing? I said, well, you know, I, I get into the garden, but I don't have a seat. He said, come sit with us. And who am I sitting with? I'm sitting with Frank McGuire and oh. Buck Freeman and so Harry Gotkin. So this is the Gotkin. first time you This is the first time I met Frank McGuire. He says, hi, how you doing? Um, and uh, I watch him play. And one of the players that we played against in high school, the team that beat us, boys high, had a black player named Solly Walker. And Frank McGuire, in 1951, it's the 51-52 season, he was the first African-American to be uh, integrated at St. John's University. So he was playing Frank for was, Frank uh, McGuire. Was Frank McGuire the, was coaching at St. John's. And he had recruited a, a black first, player. Uh, yes, Solly Walker, his name was. And... Uh, I watched the way he coached, and, 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 and I liked it. One of the things that I saw that I really liked, and I don't know if it's, it, if it's the way it was done then or not because I didn't see enough games you know, during, during my life then to, to know how coaches coach, but he sat on the bench, and when Solly Walker made a mistake, the, the crowd at the Garden, they—, they you know, they only cared about winning because they were betting on games, I would imagine. So they were booing Solly Walker. But the coach didn't take him out. He took him out a minute later when everybody forgot about the mistake of throwing the ball out of bounds. And, and I like that. And I never saw him yell at a player. Uh, they always sat at the end of the bench. And I'll, I'll tell you about that, too, how I found out how this worked. And I said, you know, I like this guy. And uh, meanwhile, I'm playing for a, a, the Carlton YMCA in New York. It is an African-American Y. I am the token white kid, I guess, playing, playing for them. And, and we had a great team. And I was playing very well. And um, Harry's nephew was Davey Gotkin that I got to know. And Davey Gotkin was, was a year ahead of me. He was one of the better guards in New York City. And he got a scholarship to NC State. And he was playing as a freshman at NC State. So Everett Case, uh, Harry got Everett Case to come down and scout me while I was playing at Carlton YMCA. And Everett Case liked what he saw. And he talked to me after the game and, and said, we're coming to New York in a few few weeks and we'd like for you to work out against our, our team for a couple of days. We'll be playing at the Garden. So I did. I worked out against the NC State team and uh, I had no trouble scoring against them. I mean, no, no trouble at all. And he liked what he saw and he said, how would you like to come to NC State? And I said, coach, that's great. Because at that time, NC State was one of the powerhouses. They were in the top 10 in the nation. And playing at the Garden, you know, yeah, great. So I said, sure. You know, uh, Frank McGuire asked me, where would you like to go to school? And I said, Coach, I, I, I don't want to go to school in New York. I don't want to get on the subway and go to college. So you, so let, let me get this straight. You like Frank McGuire. You yes. like the way he coached. Yes. But you said, I'm not coming to St. John's because no. that's a subway ride away. That's a I subway wanna, ride. I want to get out of town. I want to I wanna, I wanna have a college experience. Um, you, 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 you watch TV shows then, and young people in college is a college town, and there's the college, and it, it, it's different. It's just, it, it's just different. So uh, he knew I didn't want to go to school in New York. 
So it was it was just that, and and I'm 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 watching all the games, and Everett Case invited my dad down to come to look at the school, and then uh, they were playing in the NCAA tournament in Raleigh in 1952, the first round of the NCAA. Kansas was there, uh, not Kansas. Um, Navy was there, Kentucky was there, St. John's was there, and North Carolina State was there. Okay? First game, McGuire beats Case. The second game, McGuire's team beats Kentucky, who beat him by 40 points like two weeks before. And now he's going to the Final Four in, in Kansas City. Well, they lose to Kansas. Kansas had a big kid named Clyde Lovellette, and they beat, they beat Frank McGuire's team. So, so, so now it's spring break, and Everett Case invites me to come down to the school to see the school. My roommate will be Davy Gotkin, Harry's nephew. And three, my dad and I drive down to Raleigh, and Everett Case meets us the next morning. I think we stayed at the Walter Raleigh Hotel. Sir in, Walter uh, Raleigh. Sir Walter Raleigh Hotel. I remember the name there. Uh, you know, in Raleigh. And the next day, he drives me through the campus and shows me around. And, and you, you'd be rooming with Davy Gotkin, which is great because I knew Davy, and that'd be fine. And uh, they having a, a big. Um, after the season banquet that weekend when I was there and they were all whooping it up, you know, NC State, they went, they played in the NIT, they played in the NCAA, all at the Garden, you know, a good team. So uh, they talked about a team that they've beaten again twice and everybody's laughing. Who is this team that they're all laughing at? I have no idea. It's a team down the road. They didn't mention the name of the team. The team down the road, which I found out later who they're talking about. So they, they weren't talking about Duke. They were they, talking about, they weren't um, about Duke. They were <laughs> talking about North Carolina. So uh, he tells me, we're working out in the gym, and I'd like for you to work out. And I said, Coach, uh, I'm not in shape. I don't have sneakers. I mean, I didn't come here to, to practice. I just haven't played in months. Don't worry about it, Lenny. You, you, know, you have a scholarship. Don't worry. Just... You want to see. Okay. So he gives me sneakers, and I'm working out with a whole bunch of high school kids who are also working out, and they're throwing the ball at my ankles and this. I mean, I, I can't. Before I know it, I got blisters on my feet. Every muscle in my body hurts me, and I'm playing terrible. I mean, I'm playing as bad as you can play. And I admit it. I played bad. The second day of practice, I couldn't even hardly get out of bed. I hurt so much, and I really played bad. And we're going back to New York. He calls my dad, myself, and Harry Gotkin. He came down with us, and he says, Lenny, and he says, I, I hate to do this, but I only have one scholarship left, and I can't afford to waste it. So I cannot give you a scholarship to come to NC State. Well, well that's terrible. That I mean, is terrible. I mean, it, not just terrible. because it was... Uh, right, because uh, I... I you, you were beginning to feel pretty good about I yourself. I was feeling a, pretty good because I was, come, I was going to a college. I knew some of the players and you know, I would be happy. So he said, no, I can't, can't, can't use you. So what am I going to say? Coach, please take me. But looking back, if he would have said... Uh, I'll, I'll still give you the scholarship. I would have sat at the end of the bench. I never would have played. Because for some reason, 
he didn't like the way I played. So I said, okay. And we need to take a break. Yep. And, and so we're uh, going to leave it. Sure, uh, we can leave uh, it now. That, that you've uh, left NC State without a scholarship. Sure. And we'll find out what happened next sure. after the short break. Welcome back to Who's Talking. If you join us late, I'm visiting with Lenny Rosenbluth. We're talking about um, how he happened to get to North Carolina and the University of North Carolina. And um, we got you to North Carolina, but not to the University of North Carolina. No, you, you, got, you, you, you got me to Raleigh. And, and you got uh, Everett Case turned uh, you down. Everett Case turned me down. He didn't want to waste the scholarship. I, uh, I understand uh, years later that someone said Vic Bubis told him it's a big mistake coach you're making. Uh, he was assistant coach at, at State. So I don't know if that's true or not. But Well, uh, you, uh, I mean, you ran into uh, the coach from time to time uh, once you got down here. Did you all ever talk about no, that again? No, 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 And, and I, ne- I never blamed him for, for not taking me. I played very badly. I mean, but he, but he should have known because he saw me work out against his players. At, at, so he should have known. Which or he should have remembered. He and remembered. he should have remembered. He should have remembered. Uh, and uh, but he didn't, which is okay because it changed my life, of course, the way things happen. Well, what did you do when you got back home? You're, okay, when I get back, I got back to New York, and uh, uh, I was down a little bit. But again, it's uh, I've been cut so many times it really didn't bother me. Well, at at this time. I said he's making the mistake. Yeah, but you're, you know? you're, if, for folks who join us late, you're in high school. I am in high school. But, but, but there's no basketball. There's still. no basketball. When basketball did come back, I was then too old. Uh, my birthday is in January. And uh, at the, in, in, in September, when you're working out in basketball, I was 18. I can play the whole year. But since I missed the first half of the season, I then turned 19 in January, so I wasn't eligible. Okay, so but what, what did you do? I was playing for the Carlton YMCA, which was undefeated, and we, we won everything in New York as a Y, as a y team, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. And, um, you know, when you're playing with a good team and a good bunch of guys, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it playing with them. But now I get back to New York, and Coach McGuire calls me and says, uh, I heard what happened in Raleigh. Uh, uh, Harry Gotkin told him because uh-huh. Harry, Harry was fed up. He, he, Davey wasn't getting the minutes that Everett Case promised him. And then when he turned me down, he said, "That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm through. I'm off for NC State. Uh, I'm through. Recruiting. I'm through recruiting for NC State." So Coach McGuire calls me up and says, "I heard what happened, Lenny, and um, I need to talk to you." And I said, "Coach." You know, I, I would love to play for you. You know that. But I don't want to go to St. John's. I don't want to go in a subway to school. He says, let me talk to you. And I said, okay. So I met him for lunch in an Italian restaurant in New York. And he tells me, Lenny, no one knows this, but I'm leaving St. John's. Where are you going, coach? He said, I don't know yet, but I will be leaving St. John's. And I want you to come with me. I need you to help me build a program. He said, I really need you. And I said, Coach, wherever you go, I'll go. And that's how I got to Carolina, because I didn't know where he was going. 
And I don't know if he knew exactly where he was going, but he was leaving. Uh, I, what I heard, I think University of Alabama and University of North Carolina both wanted him. Why did he come to uh, – what did you learn well, about why he came to well, Carolina? Well, his, his, his son, Frankie Jr., had cerebral palsy. And uh, in New York, they were living in an apartment in New York. It's, it's hard. In a college town, the college hospital, you have a house and you take your son to a good hospital. And you think that's what Carolina, North Carolina had – Yes. That got the Drew that, that, Frank that, McGuire, that, uh, yeah, rather yeah. than the basketball program. Uh, yeah, there was, there was no basketball program when I got here. There was, uh, there wasn't any. Uh, and I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that the first time I saw Chapel Hill, the town of Chapel Hill, and the university, this this was like a dream. There's your college town, and there's your university. I mean, it, it was like a dream. I loved it the first time I stepped. Well, did you commit to come to I was Carolina going to before, you, before you saw it? You didn't care. I have it. no, you no, were, I had no idea where it was. You just had a happy surprise. I, I was, I was going with Coach wherever he was going. It made no difference. He was leaving New York. I was going with him. Well, uh, we just got a minute or two left, but you've agreed to come back and we'll sure. talk, talk about the, uh, the the what happened after you got to Chapel Hill. Sure. But you were telling me before we began that you were going back to give a talk at Stanton Military Academy yes. because you're an alumnus. But I, I, how did I, that well, fit in? Well, how did I get in there? See, this, this is what one of the what ifs in my life that's changed a lot of things around. Uh, what if Everett Case gave me the scholarship? I don't go to Stanton Military Academy because my transcript was okay to go to NC State. But when I got to Carolina, my transcript was not okay. I was missing two classes, a language class and a math class to get into Carolina. So they got me into Stanton Military Academy to pick up the two classes. For a whole year. To be eligible, yes, for a whole year. And who's paying for all of this? Is Carolina Well, I, no, I think uh, my mom had to come up with Uh $1,000, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the help cost, and then I think Stanton Military Academy uh, gave me a, a scholarship. partial scholarship to go there. Well, we just, we're, we're going to come back and, yep. and, and talk okay. more, but just to wrap this up, did you have a good experience playing basketball at Stanton? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 At Stanton Military Academy, we lost the first game to the University of Virginia freshmen by two points at the University of Virginia. At the University of Virginia. And the reason we lost is I had a broken finger right here. <laughs> and I had it, uh, they put a splint on, on it. On your shooting? On my shooting hand. That's the way it goes. That, 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 they had it out here, so I had to rip it off to play. So I played with a broken pinky that game, so we lost. We won all the rest of the games. We went to the Glen Falls Invitational Tournament, which is the prep school for the Eastern Seaboard, and we won that. So wow. we only lost one game. Well, um, Lenny Rosenblum, this is such a great story about how you got to Carolina, and I mm-hmm. thank you for sharing it with us, but um, I want to invite you to come back, and we'll talk about uh, what happened after you got here. Certainly. So, thank you. Uh, thank thanks you. to Lenny Rosenblum for sharing that experience with us. I'm overwhelmed with, uh, with, with this story. Hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, I hope you'll join us again when we get Lenny Rosenblum back to talk about what happened once he got to Carolina. <laughs>